0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4-7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message.
1: Our time on this earth is limited. No matter who you are, each tick of the clock, another moment of your life is behind you. The purpose of this series is for you to live every single day that God gives you to its fullest. The question if you knew that you only had one month to live, how would your life change? How would your priorities change if you knew you only had a few days left? If you knew for a fact that you only had 31 days left to live, many of the things that now seem so important to you would immediately become meaningless to you, and you would have total clarity on what matters the most, and you wouldn't wait to do tomorrow what you know you need to do today, and at the end of that month, if you truly lived as though it were your last Month on this earth to live, you know what you would wish? You would wish that you'd lived your whole life like that. And I'm not asking or suggesting for you to quit your job. Please don't jump to that conclusion. (laughs) But I am asking you to consider that every day you live is another precious gift from an almighty God. And if you would realize you only had a certain number of days left, your life would be radically transformed. Here's the main point for today. If you knew that you only had a month to live, number one, you would love completely. You wouldn't spend your last 31 days caring about everything, but there would be a few things that would matter the most to you. I guarantee you the most important thing that would matter to you at the end of the day, write this down, would be your relationships. Nothing else would matter more than that to you your relationships would matter the most and write this down especially with your loved ones and your friends in fact your heart and your mind would immediately think of those that you love now when you read the book of philippians if you don't realize who wrote this and where he was when he wrote it it really doesn't have the same impact the author of this letter Four chapters is a man named paul everybody say paul 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 wrote these four chapters and he wrote it to a church the church in philippi and what you need to know is that when he penned these words he was under house arrest he was in prison in rome and so what he's doing in the prison is under house arrest he starts to write letters why does he do that well he doesn't know how long he has left to live. And as I read through some of this, we'll start with verse three. I, I want you to just to sense, to smell, to, to, you can just see, you can hear. As I read through this, the love, everybody say love. He he's just like, he just wants them to, he wants the people in Philippi to know how much he loves them. That's what I see when I read through this look at verse 3 he goes I thank my God I thank my God every time I walk I I remember you in all my prayers verse 4 not some of my prayers but in all of my prayers not not just for some of you but for all of you I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel now watch this from the first day until what he said my entire life I'm just I'm looking back over my life and I I'm, I'm thanking of you. I'm praying for you. And I, I, I just, uh, he says, verse 6, and we talked about this uh, uh, in our worship, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus. Don't, don't don't worry if this is the last time you hear from me. I just want you to know that the Lord has continued, he will continue to work in your life. And then he says these words. Do you sense it? Look at verse 7. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart for whether i am in chains or if i'm defending and confirming the gospel all of you sharing god's grace with me he's saying i know we're all in this thing together now look at verse eight in god he says god can testify he's saying god is my witness call god to the witness stand he will testify how i long for all of you with the affection of what I just want you to know that I love you the same way I love Jesus Christ. Paul is expressing his love to the Philippians for two reasons. Reason number one is because he does in fact love them. But the second reason he's writing this is because he understands that he might not have many more opportunities to tell them. You know, we have people all over this room on every campus. Children fighting with their parents Siblings fighting with their siblings. Spouses fighting with their spouses. Friends fighting with friends. Arguing and fighting over all kinds of issues. Some financial, some relational. Fighting and bickering and jockeying and manipulating and verbally attacking and slandering on all kinds of issues. But in light of eternity, all of those issues are petty and small. And if the truth were told... If you told your problems that you're having with your friend to someone who was truly objective, if it was a truly objective friend, your objective friend would tell you how silly you look. They would encourage you to grow up and to realize that life is short. Tomorrow is never promised. And bury your pride and bury your ego and learn how to forgive one another and love one another and learn how to love deeply and learn how to love completely, especially with your loved ones and your friends. I know of couples that fight over the silliest things that you can imagine. Like I'll call you at 11 o'clock and they, they don't call till 1115. And it's like World War III breaks out. so disingenuous so shallow so selfish so immature you act like you have unlimited time on earth you act like you have all the time in the world to make things right and the bible says in james four fourteen, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life you are a mist a vapor that appears for a little while and then life vanishes you're gone and then he says in verse 17, anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. Wouldn't you, if you knew you only had a few days left to live, wouldn't you squeeze the hand of that loved one a little tighter? Wouldn't you look and cherish every moment with your children? And children, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you, if you knew your parents weren't going to live much longer, wouldn't you try to get along and honor them a little better than what you do now? And wouldn't you stop and express your love a little more frequently? And wouldn't you hold that hug a little longer and a little tighter? Jesus was on the cross. He spoke seven times. He's about to die. He's not going to be on this earth much longer. He's got a few hours left, a few minutes left to tick on the clock, and Jesus is going to die. And of the seven times that he speaks... In John chapter 19, look at verse 26. He's on the cross. He's about to die. The Bible says that Jesus looked down and he saw his mother there. And then he saw the disciple whom he loved, which is John, standing nearby. And he says to his mother, Mama, here is your son. John's going to take care of you. And verse 27 He says to his disciples, he says, John, here's your mother. She's married. Take care of my mom. And the Bible says from that time on, the disciple took her into his what? And Jesus knows that the time is short. And on the top of his list, when he knows there's not much time left, on the top of his list was caring for the woman who meant the most to him in his life. His mama, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you tend to forgive a little quicker if you knew you didn't have much time left? Do you want to go into eternity without forgiving those who mean the most to you? There are so many relationships that are fragile and broken and dysfunctional. I get that. But take this day to offer forgiveness. Take this day to offer grace and love and mercy to start over anew and recommit your love and care for one another. Hear me out. Listen to me. Once you pass, that moment comes, and you pass from this life until the next, it will be too late for you to mend any broken relationship you have on this earth. I guess what I'm saying is this. Don't wait till someone is dead to send them flowers. Number two, write this down. You'd love completely. Your relationship would matter is the relationship you have with your church and her gospel. If you were getting ready to die, besides that relationship with your friends and your loved ones would be your relationship with your church and her gospel would mean the most to you, should mean the most to you. I want to read through this again the context he's in prison he doesn't know how much longer he's got to live he's writing a letter he doesn't know how many more times he's got a chance to explain these things and so how does he spend his time by writing these words look at verse 12 I, I want you all to know something my brothers that what's happened to me i'm here in this prison i know a lot of you think that huh, this didn't turn out very well But what happened to me has really helped to serve to advance the gospel. Well, how could you being in prison help advance the gospel? Well, he says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the entire palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Just imagine everyone he's chained to. He keeps talking about Jesus Christ. Verse 14, because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fear. Now, listen, if I, if I saw someone arrested for being, for preaching the gospel, I, I would tend to think I, the, it would scare everybody off. But he's saying, Hey, I don't have long to live. The guys I'm even chained to God put me in a position. In fact, all over the Roman guard, the palace, the people are getting saved left and right. Cause I don't care who I'm chained to. I, they're, they're the prisoner, not me. I'm going to tell them who Jesus Christ is. And so don't think that just because I'm changed, this is bad. No, this has encouraged the saints to speak the word of God even more courageously and more fearlessly because now we know that no matter what situation you're in, that people can be saved. And then he says in verse 15, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. Verse 16, the latter do so in love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. Verse 17, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in these chains. But here it is. But what does it matter? What does it matter? The important thing. Everybody say the important thing. The the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or truth, the only thing that matters in life is that Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. I rejoice. I want to tell you something, and it's, it's the honest truth. If I only had one month to live on this earth, and you said, Dudley, your doctor says all you've got is four weeks. you got four weeks left. I want you to know that my sense of urgency for this church and her mission would increase a hundredfold. You see, I have many things on my bucket list. You know what a bucket list is, right? A bucket list are things that you want to get done before you die. And I don't know if you've ever written things down. I, I write stuff down on my bucket list. But if the doctor said, Dudley, you've only got one month, I would want you to know that I would spend that last month serving more than I've ever served, encouraging more than I've ever encouraged this church to be the light for the city of Los Angeles, and for this world. I would beg, I would beg, I would plead, I would fight, I would urge, I would pray that this church would continue when I'm long gone. I would spend the last 30 days trying to get you, and hey, when I'm gone, I want this church to continue to preach the Word of God more courageously and more fearlessly, just like Paul said to the church in Philippi. I'd be saying that to you. you had only one month, you should love completely your family and your friends, your church and her gospel. I heard of a young couple that got engaged to be married. They were already engaged, and the girl broke off the engagement. And about four months go by, she writes a letter back to the guy she broke up with she said dearest jimmy no words could ever express my unhappiness since i broke off our engagement i'm writing to ask you if you would please take me back no one ever loved me the way you loved me i love you please forgive me i love you i love you i love you yours forever marie p.s Congratulations on winning that state lottery. How many of you believe that her words rang a little shallow? Stay with me. Too often, there are many people who say they love the church, but those words are lacking. Did you know the average person goes to church now like 1.8 times a month? The average person only goes to church like once a month. That's the average. This is the vehicle that God has chosen to share the gospel with the entire world. This is the vehicle that God has chosen to send out missionaries to the four corners of this world. This is the vehicle by which souls are saved, disciples are made, converts are baptized, chains are broken, addictions are cured, the sick are made whole. This is the place where we have corporate worship. We lift up Jesus. We gather every week to participate in his supper. We are the body of Christ. We are the family of God. This is the bride of Christ. And when Jesus Christ returns, guess who he's coming back for? He's coming back for his church. (laughs) Ephesians talks about that the church is the vehicle by which the wisdom of God is to be made known to the world. If I had one month to live, you said, Pastor, you can either go to a Laker game or you can go to church. That game would mean absolutely nothing to me. You want to go to church or you want to go hiking up in the mountains? Church. You want to go to church or you want to go to the beach? Uh Oh, I'm going to church. Because this is where the Lord God is. And I want you to know this. Some of you don't know this. You need to know this. You should have figured this out by now. But I live every single day of my life believing that it could be my last day here on this earth. There's not a one month left today. I live every day knowing it could be my last day. And number three, write this down. The thing that would matter to you most is your relationship with your Savior and your God, your Lord. He writes these words. I eagerly, everybody say eagerly. Expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as in always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. And then he says these words I'm going to come back and preach a whole sermon on this next year. For to me, to live, if I live, I don't know if I'm going to live. I don't know how much time I got to live. I'm chained here. I don't know if I'm ever getting out. But if I live, that's Christ. But if I die, that's even better. Verse 22, I, I am to go on living in the body. If, if God lets me continue to live on this earth, that will mean, you know what that's going to mean for me? That, that means a, a lot of fruitful labor for me because I'm going to continue to be used by God to reach people for his kingdom. He says, I don't even know what to choose. I don't know what I I should even choose, to live or to die. And then verse 23, I want you to see. He goes, I'm torn between the two, but here's what I desire. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. I want you to look at this verse quickly, Acts 4, 12. Salvation is found where? In no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we what? When my dad was in the hospital, I went up and, uh, you know, just in the room and he's there hooked up to machines and he's sleeping and he's, he looks like he's dead. He looks like many people that I have seen die. He's just laying there in his bed, his mouth open. He's, he's like, he's got Parkinson, so he's kicking around. He's talking, he's, he's talking, just, I can I can't understand a word he said, not one word. He's just mumbling, talking. It's like preaching in his sleep or something. I don't know what he's doing. And one time he woke up and he, look, he looked over and he saw me looking at him. And I said, Dad, are you okay? He goes, Yeah? Why? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm just looking at my dad. You know, he's, he's, he's got limited time on this earth. I said, I don't know. You're just over there and you're. Like you're moving around and you're like talking. I don't understand what you're saying. And he says just like this. He says, son, it's a worldwide club. (laughs) It's a worldwide club. Because every one of us are headed for that day. Where the number of days that God has given to us comes to a conclusion. And I guarantee you when I'm looking at my dad... My mind goes back to when I was a ninth grader and he was preaching. He was in his 40s. And I got up and came down to the front during the invitation and took his hand and said, Dad, one day I I, want to be a preacher just like you. I want to build a great church like you, Dad. And all of that, just motivates me to want to love my son, my wife, my two daughters, my grandson, my son-in-law, those who mean the most to me, to love you, to love this church, to love the gospel, but most of all, to love Jesus.
0: In these uncertain times, we know as Christians there's a great comfort available to us in the form of prayer. If you feel the need right now for someone to pray with, we have phone counselors standing by ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. We know as Christians, our relationship with Jesus is a daily commitment and not just something we do on the weekends. We believe we have the perfect gift today to help you maintain your daily connection to our Lord for the coming year. Romancing Royalty is a daily devotional book designed to draw you closer to King Jesus with 365 inspirational stories, scriptures, prayers, study questions, and even a place to journal. There are more than 100 contributors to this book, including Greg Laurie, the late John Wooden, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Raul Rees, and Jim Garlow, just to name a few. We know this daily devotional will be a blessing to you. Pastor Dudley's top-selling daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, is available right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Romancing Royalty can be yours by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order Romancing Royalty directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know there are many daily devotionals available today, but none come close to the level of insightful contributors to this book. It's our most popular seller this time of year. So we invite you to call and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's daily devotional, Romancing Royalty, today. I'm Kyle Welch inviting you to join us every weeknight at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.